a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk Monday edition, wrapping up what's ahead, actually. Gordon Tallis, the finals, they're here, mate. You pumped? How good, yes. The new competition's starting and I am excited. You know what? Other than Penrith, I give every other team a chance. There could be upsets. Let's look at it all. Footy Talk Monday edition. Footy Talk Monday edition, great to be in the chair for Emma Lawrence, who can't make it today. Adam Peacock here. Gordon Tallis is there. Gordy, how are you, mate? See, Finals no, no, time. No. Listen, don't bag Emma, right? She's, no. She can enjoy a mad Monday with the best of them, <laughs> right? Her team lost. She is <laughs> yeah. out there on a mad Monday with the rest of them. Some of us just have to work, Yeah, right? Yeah. And when I'd... the Broncos – listen, when the Broncos get beaten, I'll go have a mad Monday with those guys. You won't get me for days either. Well, you might be a month away, so we'll, we'll see. You're there not on the go. mad Monday with the Gold Coast boys? Uh, listen, listen, listen. I don't hang around losers. <laughs> I'm a Bronco these days. Actually, I'll tell you what, one grand final, right, we had this soapbox uh. and we'd won and we are all sitting around and it was like our – we'd sort of won and that, and then we played day grand final. So we were on the plane at about 7 o'clock so you'd land. So we're getting back at a healthy time, 9.30, so the night's still young and we'd go back to the club and the fans and mm. we'd sit in the leagues club till I don't know what time until they'd ask us to leave sort of thing and we'd go to City Rolls and they would accommodate us and then we'd – this is back then. This was um, responsible drinking too. Mm, and they'd give us like a couple of bottles of Kalua and we'd stop and get some milk because it's a Kalua and milk time. Oh, we'd sit around and perfect have a drink and all fall piss, asleep and then Wayne would come. And then we had to get up on this box and just say what the team meant to us or something through the week. <laughs> and Wayne Bennett walks over to the esky, grabs out a 4X gold, takes the lid off and tries to scull it. A bloke that's never had a drink in his life. And what happened? Oh, it just erupted. We just started throwing all our drinks on him. So when he's driving home at 2 o'clock that afternoon, if he gets picked up, they would have thought he'd been on a three-day bender. Oh, Benny, geez, I would have wished. But geez, I wish that someone would have picked him up because he would have smelt like anything. But, you know, I mean, it's just the thing. So um, Wayne Bennett, he loves hanging around the guys. He loves being there. He likes – he's smart, right? He's a cagey old bugger. He always leaves before it gets a bit too messy. Fair enough. And then he hears about the stories later if he needs to hear no, about it. and then he's back there early in the morning and he sits there until it gets dark again. So he's like, so, see, so Wayne's a daytime drinker. Like if he, you know, I mean, like, and he's like a lunch man. He's not a yeah. nightclub rave type of coach. Couldn't imagine it. Couldn't imagine it. Gordy, <laughs> let's rip into finals week one matchups, yeah. shall we? And we'll go through a few yes. things and we'll have a look at the, the teams that aren't there a bit later on. And also another touch on the, the Andrew Davies story that uh, Jimmy Graham weighed into yesterday when you were on with him on uh, yep. on Triple M. But, mate, Friday night we've got Broncos Storm. Saturday we've got uh, Panthers Warriors followed oh, yeah. by Sharkies Roosters. And then Sunday Newcastle will be jumping. I know you'll be there for the yep. Knights and Raiders. But um, first of all, mate, the Bronx, did they leave much out there, a golf term? Did they leave much on the golf course in terms of not oh, taking that minor premiership? Nope. They would have been in the same situation, right? Yep. They finish in the top four, they get a home final, and they're fresh. So I got asked last week, like I think I was on 360 or one of those shows, for the life of me, if you would have asked how many minor premierships I'd won, no idea. I couldn't have told you. Yeah. Couldn't have. And not that I'm, I'm not, you know, just disrespecting you know, it. Yeah. yeah, disrespecting what it means to some clubs and some players. But for me, I don't know how many I, 
one, and mm. Brisbane, it's not about the minor premiership. I think they've had a successful year, but they're in a great place. They probably had to freshen up. They've played a lot of footy. They've done a lot of hard work, and they're going to get judged on grand final if they play a grand final. And that's what we've always been judged on in Brisbane, winning grand finals. Well, what they've got to do is overcome this hex that they got with Melbourne Storm. That's going to be the narrative through the week. It's yeah, they're, they're going to replay all the great that, wins because in Storm. It was yeah, a different don't? Melbourne Storm side, right? It was probably Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, mm. Billy Slater, probably even Greg Inglis might have played in the last one, right? That's how that's how long this this like who do he goes? Mm. But let me tell you something. This is a totally different Brisbane side, and it's a totally different Melbourne Storm side. The guys that are playing for Melbourne Storm cannot live on what happened in that jersey before them. Yep. Right? And Brisbane can't carry what happened in the jersey before them as well. So unless they read all the papers this weekend to go, but we can't beat them. It's been 13 years or 13 games at Suncorp, well, which is 13 years at Suncorp Stadium. You know, we haven't won. I reckon it's a totally different ball game. It's a different competition. It's a different Brisbane team. Simple as that. Does last week count at all? Nope. Why? Not with 11 out. Mm. Mate, you just put it in a golfing term. It's like playing a game of golf without six of your clubs. Mm. Are you going to play better this week? Well, I can do, given there how I go. play with so, the full so, 14 so, sometimes. So, and I think the way Reese Walsh, I think Carrigan, I think Payne has, I think Adam Reynolds coming back, I think that Brisbane, this side, won't – mate, there's probably only Corey Oates. And he's – there we go. Corey Oates, I think he's going to get left out. He's a guy that's probably played in eight of those years, mm. ten of those years. Leave him out, then there's no scars. There's no mental scars. Did you ever have a – a week off before the finals? Like the coach says, uh, don't worry about it this week, we'll, we'll freshen you up? Yeah, uh, I think I've played 20 minutes or something. Like we played the Roosters one night and I played 20 minutes. So what does it do for you? So so those guys coming back in oh, and Melbourne have got a few well, too. Well, I think it's mental. Like I think just to get mentally step away from the game. Yeah. Like it's not running, right? So it's not freshening up your legs, right? They're pumping, right? They say, so they're fit. They can't get fitter. Like so it gives all your little niggles an extra week without giving them another ding. So then they repair a lot better, but mentally building yourself up just to go into battle. So no matter how you play, you've got to build yourself up for the collision, don't you? Mm. So just having a week off from that, I think freshens you up. But just – and then you've got to be able to turn that on. And that's the coaching staff and the players' job to make sure that they turn that back on, that competitive juice that they need this Friday night. A lot of people here in Sydney, Gordy, are saying – Melbourne Storm, Melbourne Storm, they're the ones because no one's really totally sure how the Warriors will aim up once they've got to this. They've been magnificent all year. True. We know what we're going to get from Penrith, Brisbane as well, but everyone's wary of this. It's, no. it's as much about the badge as anything else and Bellamy and all that. Where, where do you place yeah. Melbourne Storm going into these finals? I, I place them third. Mm-hmm. I think Penrith are Usain Bolt mm-hmm. and I think Brisbane are right behind them and then Melbourne Storm are behind them and then – I reckon with all the rest of the team, it's on their day. If they have a day out, they can beat those top three. But I think there's no doubt Penrith are number one. Brisbane is slightly ahead of Melbourne. And it shows that with where they finished in a competition. Melbourne are just so professional. They just don't give you anything. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, Jerome Hughes, is he going to play? Isn't he going to play? Do they have it? If Broncos play their absolute best, do you think Melbourne can beat them? No. I don't. The end, and that's what – but it's about producing your best. So I think Penrith and Brisbane are the best two teams, mm. and I think that Melbourne sort of caught in between Brisbane and then and then the rest. Uh, I think Newcastle are the best of the rest. Yeah. 
yeah. because of what they've produced 10 in a row, was it? Or 11 in a row. They say, what do you want? Finals. X Factor, they got that. You want momentum. You want a great forward pack. Mm. Um, they've got all that and they're healthy and that they're helps. having to dig for each other. So what more can you ask for? Saturday Arvo, foot of the mountains in Sydney. Uh, yep. Penrith and Warriors should be a beauty. Now, Gordy, so many times in rugby league, you, you talk of playmakers. Oh, yeah, Cleary, Johnson, that on paper is great. Yep. But thinking about it this one, am I wrong here in saying the two best props in the game at the moment, Fanua Blake and Fisher-Harris, yeah. who yeah. Fisher-Harris, I reckon, as good as he is, is still underrated in terms of his importance yes. to this footy side. Well, it's because they're never in a ding-dong battle, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like last year in the grand final when they come up against Junior Borlo and Campbell Gillard, we knew how good they were, right? Hmm. Well, here's another chance. If Fanua Blake was playing for any other side, we'd be singing his praises. Like if he was playing for Brisbane under the spotlight, it'd be like a Payne Hass yep. type of rap on him, right? So he's over there. He's over the other side of the ditch, you know, and he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been unbelievable. Do I give Warriors a chance? You've got to give them a puncher's chance. You've got to give them a fighting chance because mm. everybody thought they were going to fall over, but they've got there, right? Mm. Haven't they? And then they've rested a few players and they had a bit of a letdown here in Brisbane on, on Saturday night. But they'll be ready. They've got to be ready. It's not like the coach doesn't know the opposition. Are they good enough to beat opposition? Penrith? Are they good enough? I think Penrith will have to be a little bit off their game and it's it showed against Parramatta that they do have chinks. That's the bonus for every other club coming up against a side that's been arguably the best team for the last three years. Okay, they got beaten by Melbourne Storm in the grand final. Mm. But they've won the next two. They're going for three in a row. What's their chink? Well, I think Parramatta have shown it. Parramatta beat them, you know, in the regular rounds all the time. So just go have a look at those videos. I'm sure every coach is, oh, God, that's where they get them. This is what they do. They, you know, they don't just play one-off footy. They throw the ball around. They, you know, like they don't let them dominate the ruck. And that's what Penrith is so good at. They're just, they're, mate, they're the masters of slowing you down. But with mm. this Warriors forward pack, if they give them time and space, they've been able to beat most teams. With the Fanua Blake Fisher Harris storyline, give us a gaudy story time about it. you when you're at your absolute peak had a finals opponent who had one forward that you went, I've got to get on top of this guy because <coughs> he's going to try and do the same to me and I'm going to go at him. Do you know what it was for me? It was Kevy Waddles and Alan Langer going, Are you going to have a go today? <laughs> I need you today. And then you look right when they never ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or they would walk past us and go, geez, I wish I played behind the other forward pack. <laughs> How do you reckon that went with Webke, Dawn, myself and Petro? Who was the just name that they there. brought up? Well, they just say the pack. Oh, gee whiz, you know, like, oh. How good would it be to play behind that pack? <laughs> so if I'm Sean Johnson, I'm walking past these forwards and go, fuck, do you wish our forwards could hold up this week? I'm not sure they're brave enough <laughs> to really get into this Penrith side. <laughs> You really going to walk past if you're Sean Johnson, Adam Fanua Blake, and question well, his bravery? Did. Well, like Elf did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in his own certain way. Did you want right? to throw him through the and wall? And they just say, and they just say it loud enough, and the coach will walk past and just go, "Well, mate, you know, I don't know, you know, like, mate, if our forward pack doesn't get dominated like we think that they will, you know, <laughs> then and then it's just <laughs> well, well, that's what happens, right?" <laughs> I, I'm just marvelling at the sheer audacity of A Langer. Walking past you, uh, saying something like that, well, knowing that he's protected as well, probably. And then Thorny and Webby, they sort of lost it, right? <laughs> and then Thorny come up, and then the next one goes, not on our shift, right? Yeah. So it worked. <laughs> it worked. I knew that, okay, they're joking. Well, I'm thinking that they're joking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think they're joking, 
But it hurts you, right? Oh, With man. every joke, there's a bit of truth in it. Back to this one, Penrith and uh, Warriors. How do you reckon Penrith went without Luai? Oh, they were outstanding. Looked though, okay. <laughs> but the Cowboys, they were disappointing, right? With yeah. the season on the line, you go, Penrith, don't lose two in a row very often. They got humiliated by Parramatta. There's a minor premiership up for grabs. Do they play Melbourne Storm or do they play the Warriors? They had a bit more of a go. I was more disappointed in the Cowboys' performance than going, well, how good were Penrith? The Penrith were absolutely outstanding, but, you know, they were allowed to be outstanding. So mm. do the Warriors give them that much latitude? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, like how you stop good sides and how you stop anybody's, you got to limit their time and space. Yeah. And how much energy that takes out of you, you know, stopping Yo, stopping Fisher-Harris, stopping Leota, and then that's going to limit clear his time and space. He doesn't have his wingman there um, in Luai. Crichton's been absolutely outstanding, but if they're doing that off their trial line, they don't tend to throw the ball around as much as if they're making easy metres. So I know mm. it's simple, but that's that's the game plan. The bigger the occasion, stop their go forward, make them kick long. Yep. We bring the ball back. And then that's it. And just keep on winning that battle. And it's a yardage battle. Yeah, off the kicks. We saw it in the first 20 minutes of the grand final yep. last year. Bit and Sean by, Johnson by, kicks as good as anybody. Yep. Right? He's got a great long kicking game. He's got a great short kicking game. Um, they got a great power game. Like their back rolls have been outstanding, Tohu and Aiden. So, you know what? It's intriguing. Of course you think Penrith are going to win, right? Mm. Of course, because of where they are. But I'm excited to see where the Warriors are at. With the venues, and you could say this about Penrith, like they're going to pack, obviously, Penrith Stadium out 20. And a lot of Just the talk- let me be Peter Valenis for one day, Adam. Where would Just you have it? let me be Peter Valenis so because Sharks it's got to be played. We cannot lock fans out, mm-hmm. right? So take it to Combank, right? Or Sharky take it Roosters. to Allianz, yep. Yep. right? And go, this is it. So what do they hold? 45,000, 50,000? Mm. But Penrith, you sell every ticket, right? You got 48 hours. You got, you know, Monday, Tuesday, but from Wednesday, eight o'clock onwards, the other team can come and buy tickets. Same with Cronulla, same with the smaller grounds, right? If it doesn't hold over 30, because could you imagine if Penrith had a 50,000 seat stadium out there? So they're locking out their own fans. Yeah, they, they're not looking at the Warrior fans. They're looking at their own fans. Well, there's a stack of Warriors fans in Sydney as well. That's why I brought up this game because everyone's talking, Gordy, about the Cronulla Roosters game about being moved from Shark Park and say that's a joke. But I identify the other one as well as as locking a few fans out. Just, yeah. So you you think that the, the home ground that's advantage, the which I'll is massive. Yeah. Well, like the home ground advantage is your fans, right? I've been to mm. the Gabba when England have played Australia. It sounds like England are playing at home. Yeah. It's the fans, right? It's the Barmy Army. So that's what you want, right? You want the motivation. So so you want the crowd. You want that noise on your side. You want the 50-50s to go your way. That's what you get, right? Mm. Getting dressed in a dressing room. A dressing room's a dressing room. A field's a field. They're all they're all equal these days. It's not like back in the day when the Johns brothers used to hose out Marathon Stadium and <laughs> you know and they'd water it if Brisbane are coming to play because they were fast. So they'd leave the sprinklers on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> so it was a muddy like it's been beautiful weather and it's all muddy. Those days are gone, right? <laughs> so that home ground advantage is gone. I think playing in front of fifty thousand of your own fans, forty thousand of your own fans, or eighteen. I know which one I'd want. 
Did you ever play games when you were playing for St. George in those pokey little uh, dressing rooms at Cogra there on the yes, opposition? I loved it. Oh, mate. I, but that was a boggy ground, right? It was run by the council. Mate, the old tractor, mate, <laughs> like ground closed because it was owned by the council. Uh, we got a train and the old blokes around there just driving his tractor around. We had to wait <laughs> till he finished, right? But like, we've moved on from that, right? Yeah. We've moved on now where I would just love to see 40 or 50,000 sold out. And I think that Cronulla fans, I think they would come in. And I think they'd come in in droves. Mm. And I think Penrith fans would come in in droves. It's Saturday. They get the time to catch the train in. They can do a bit of shopping around the city, all the pubs, and they just all converge. Oh, mate, how good would it be? Yeah, Combank Stadium when it's full is is elite. I, I can't imagine. Or even Allianz. I don't even know which one's bigger. Well, Allianz is 45. Combank is 30. Um, Combank. I'd say would be the venue if you were going to move the Sharks Roosters. You can't move the game to the Roosters' home ground, or can you? No. Well, you can, but mm. Sharks get their dress. Like, shark, like in, if you're the home, you pick the dressing room. You but you play those mind games, right? Yep. So it's like South Sydney, you know, like or Queensland. Like, then we get our home, and if the Broncos you know, a magic ground, they got to go into the opposite dressing room. Mm. That's what happens, right? So they're the mind game. So you take that part off them. I just think it's like, for me, I'm not looking at the clubs. I'm looking at the fans, right? So I'm making these decisions as a fan. If I'm making it as a club, I go bugger it. We want to play them out the West where they don't want to come, where they're going to sit in the bus and they're going to get dropped off at the front and we're going to have our fourteen or 15,000 Penrith fans and that's what I want. Yeah. But I'm thinking of the other 20,000 or 30,000 Penrith fans that I'm locking out. What about Sharky's Roosters? Everyone impressed with the way the Roosters navigated the game against South Sydney and, you know, defended their line and all yeah. that. Sharks, I don't know, they're, they're not the side, the dangerous side. They don't feel like the dangerous side they were last season. How do you line yeah. these two up uh, for Saturday's 8 p.m.'s kickoff? Well, Roosters jumped every hurdle, didn't they? So you think mm. South, obviously there was no Latrell, there wasn't the X factor. Well, basically it comes down to Nico Hines. It just comes down to Nico. Mm. whether he can create enough, whether he can find that magic that was pushing him to be the New South Wales number seven or six when everybody was singing his praise. So that's where Nico's got to get to. Cronulla have been a hardworking side. Their back three are powerful. They're strong. You know, they would get them some really good territory. Their forward pack was a little bit small, but, you know, they'd hold their own. And the Roosters, well, I had them winning the comp. That's how much ability they've got there, but it's whether they can plug in. Brandon Smith has finally found a little bit of form and, Sam Walker's added like that little bit of X factor and spark, and then you got Tedesco getting back. Little Brandon looked like Melbourne Storm Brandon Smith yeah. when he was at his top the Stop other night. Stop thinking, Brandon. Stop thinking. Stop thinking. Just play. Don't overthink it. Go back to be the Waiheke Ram that you are, <laughs> right? And that's a little island off Auckland. It's a beautiful little wine, wine region where go back and pretend that you're that kid and just go out there and play because that's the Brandon Smith that we love. Don't overthink it. Don't listen to the coach. Did I just say that? Don't listen to an overthinker in Trent Robinson. Go out there and play your natural game, <laughs> which is not thinking, picking up the ball, and when you've got your ball in the hand, you're your best. Just on the wine uh, reference, I didn't have you as a vino mud bandit, brick. Cordy. Oh, mud brick. Uh, there's, a, man, there's a couple of man of war. I think there's a few over there that are quite nice. See, listen to you. You've gone from the start of the podcast talking about Kahlua and milk at 4 a.m. Mm. to thinking about cheeky little Chardonnays off the coast of Auckland. Oh, well, it's... Speaking more of a Pinot, a little bit earthy. Uh, they're a little bit more earthy, the New Zealand blend, more than, you know, the Tasmanian, which is, you know, Sinapius, which is a beautiful drop just outside Barmbugle if anybody wants to go there. Oh, nice, nice. 
Fair enough. So how's life treating you? <laughs> Pretty good. I don't drink wine. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Let's do a wine podcast. Well, not with I'm me. I don't drink this stuff. White, right? <laughs> right? Because, mate, he's in on mate, he's in on any rort. Mate, if I get the wine, he's in on it, right? If we all just get a wine and we just got to talk about the different wines. Producer. I reckon that's I reckon that's the go. Producer wine. Chuck. Yep. No, just call it wine for the real people. <laughs> Righto. No wine worries. Wine for the workers. Not, yeah, not these people that don't know. Let's just sit there and go, yeah, it's 14 bucks. It's worth $14. You wouldn't even put it in your whippersnipper. It's 20 bucks. <laughs> Give that to your mother-in-law. Then we go, listen, there's a $22 bottle of wine. That is good. Take that to your mate's place. I'll do a tequila version of it, all right? I'll do the offshoot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Happily. Knights Raiders. So everyone thinks uh, you look at the markets and, and Canberra may as well not show up, according to the markets, the eight that left in it, and Newcastle, everything in their favour. Is it fair enough that we're, we're going into this one early in the week thinking, geez, Newcastle, the way they're going, they just rock up and win? I'm feeling the Knights. I just saw them. They're all going over to Bali for three days, getting a leg tattoo, and they're on their way back. I'm feel no, you know, I'm feeling the nights. And then you read, you know what? There's some things. There's footy gods out there, like yeah. there's sporting gods, right? And you just know that the last time they won this many in a row was, I think, oh one when they won the grand final. So there's a bit of, you know, mate, there's a bit happening. And they broke Andrew Johns's record, and now they finally got like a superstar there in Kalen Ponga that's, you know, got over all of his demons and starting to play and everybody's just buying in. they got this no-nonsense forward pack that are just going out there and, like, they brew South. Like, then when I went there to watch South play, mm. and I can't keep on going back, but that's when I watched them live. Mm. And they were super impressive. They were – and then I believe anybody that went there that day got beaten. Really? So that's Penrith. The, yeah, so that's the new – so that's the Knights – that I'm judging, mm. right? So the last time I watched them live at Marathon Stadium, they were brilliant. They were old-fashioned nights. They beat them up and they scored their points late. And I thought, oh, that might have taken a bit out of them. I watched on TV when they played Cronulla. Well, they did the same. So when a team's got momentum like this, is it literally as a player, you get off the team bus and you you, you get off with your team and you're feeling like a, the cast of a Marvel blockbuster. You're all superheroes, basically. That's it. You're feeling impregnable. Well, oh. <laughs> Your defense is impregnable. <laughs> Your attack is ferocious. I'm going to rip out his heart, eat his children. You just quoted Mike Tyson on no, a podcast. You, you just did. No, no, you said it's impregnable. My defense is impregnable. I wasn't thinking of Mike ferocious. Tyson when I thought of it, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's confidence, right? So what do all the greatest sports teams and players, they have confidence or belief, right? So let's just, mm. so it's belief. It's an understanding of knowing their game. I think the Knights right now know their game. I think they know it. I think Kalen Ponga is on top of his game. I don't think he's doing anything special. He's just being Kalen. Yeah. Which is even scary. Like he's just getting the ball goes, oh yeah, there's a bit of a gap out there. Like they're not, it's just, they're just playing. Like they're just full of energy. They're all like they're buzzing and they're smiling. There's, it just seems to be happening so easy for them. Mm. So it's about momentum, it's confidence and they've got the ability. Like, like, like they've got a pretty much a, you know, like a state of origin forward pack really. So they're not bad and you look at Dom Young, so they got internationals on their wing and they got a centre that, you know, blue state of origin apart that's come back and he's going to take his game to the next level and you got Kalen Ponga and you got Gamble that's getting on everybody's skin and Hastings who, you know, is a very underrated game manager. Yeah. Good balance. Good balance for the night. So this will be talked about all week on the the Footy Talk podcast. But after the break on this one, the Monday edition, we're going to have a look at some of the prelim finalists of last season missing the eight. Back soon. (laughs) 
So, Gordy, three of last year's four preliminary yeah. finalists have missed the eight. Souths, North Queensland, Parramatta. Yeah. Now, Souths have got all the headlines. Parramatta have had their excuses but still disappointing. And North Queensland, they've had the roller coaster year, getting beaten by 60 at West Tigers, coming back, getting on that run, and then getting belted on the weekend. What stands out for you in that pack that can really look at themselves and go, geez, we stuffed that up? Well, I think all three have pretty good excuses, but some of them are self-inflicted. Obviously, Parramatta at the beginning of the year with Cartwright sitting out and then they've had injuries and you saw Madison, uh, Madison and then Campbell Gillard dropped his knee. So they've had a few suspensions and you look at Dylan Brown, mm. you know, missing some weeks. So then that's all self-inflicted. And then towards the end, obviously Moses got injured. I think Parramatta were disappointed, but I think that their window is closing. I think they need some fresh. I don't think that they recruited for the players that they've lost. Yep. I don't think they recruited like for like. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Sydney, well, everything's spoken about. I think that's just got to go up on the hoist and they got to, you know, undo every nut and bolt and put it all back together. Does Jack but White fix their issues? He will help. I'm not saying he's going to fix them, but he will help mm-hmm. fix it. But I think it's hard work. I think those guys stop relying on natural ability because it only takes you so far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It only takes you, like it gets you to first grade, but to get you to win first grade games, it's it's bloody hard work. So South Sydney is, I think it's the easiest fix because it's just having a really tough off season and making them buy in. And the harder they work for something, the less likely they're going to give it up. Yep. Uh, and the Cowboys, I think they look slow the other night. Like they look like that they create, but they don't have – and then losing someone like Tabuai Fido, mm. not having Val Holmes. But Gilbert, Gilbert in the middle of the ruck, the one that went to uh, Redcliffe, they were flying. When he got injured at Redcliffe, there's no doubt that they lost a bit of sting. Like yep. how he holds his side accountable, I think, you know, he's unbelievable. So – and the Cowboys need to get a Gilbert. You know, I think Cotter's trying to do it, but he's – but he's Robinson Crusoe. With these teams missing, for me it shows how finely balanced. Okay, Penrith have got sustained success and they've earned that sustained success by developing so well from their own nursery. But it just shows how quickly you can be tipped off your axis in this competition with a couple of things that go wrong and bang, it's a disaster. Okay, so those guys lost their players because the Dolphins come in, right? Yep. So then there's an extra 30-odd players or an extra 40-odd players that have been pulled. So that's two or three from every club. And then the West Tigers are being trying to recruit and the Dragons. And so it just shows that competition and the salary cap has weakened them a bit. So it's not all their fault because you're losing Gilbert and the you know Redcliffe. They were a little bit desperate there at stages. They were losing Reed Marnie. Reed Marnie, Papali'i. Uh, and South Sydney, obviously, they keep on talking about Adam Reynolds, but I understand their reason why, because they backed this young kid and, you know, they, they've – South just had one of those – the back end of the year that only deep down when they look in front of a mirror and if they're all really honest, they know what went wrong. Yeah, fair enough. What one bounces back out of those three the quickest? You reckon Souths? That's the easiest yes. fix in your eyes? That is the easiest fix. they got the ability. Yeah. They've got the ability. They have a really tough off-season. They all buy in. Um, they all sing Kumbaya together, I think – I think mm. they can they can turn it around the quickest. Now, I'm looking forward to uh, catching up with James Graham a bit later today to um, discuss things on the Monday Scrum. On which one of his with... 11 podcasts? Yeah, he's got a few. He's got a few. I'd mm. love to see that guy's diary. He'd have no room in each day, I'd say. But um, this is, Jimmy, yesterday about the story about Andrew Davey, which is in in the Sunday Telegraph, having a go at Cameron Serraldo's coaching methods at the Dogs. And he's come out and, and, and basically criticised Cam Serraldo and the Bulldogs, the, the culture, 
Let me tell you this. Like, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think the truth needs to come out in that situation. Andrew Davey came to the club thinking he was going to play every week. And he got outworked by a 21-year-old called Jacob Preston. And he embarrassed him. And that's why that's why Andrew Davey isn't happy. is because he came under the pretense of, I'm going to play first grade every week. And a 21-year-old put him in his place. And he couldn't get in the team. So he kicks his toys and he pisses off to Parramatta. So oh, un- guy, unlucky, yeah. mate. Like, it, it, yeah, you didn't you didn't like it because you weren't getting picked and you thought you were. And a 21-year-old, Jacob Preston, who's been absolutely fantastic, one of the finals awesome. of the season, has shoved it up your arse. Whew, Jimmy. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's it's well, Jimmy's obviously got info, inside info at the dogs, which is well, fair enough. It, right? He's getting the true story out. And that's why he was reluctant to say it because it's obviously something in-house. But seeing someone outside the house is having a go at inside the house, you may as well tell the whole story. But Andrew Davey, I, I knew him from Manly with being a Manly fan watching. He was a solid toiler for Manly and back rower, yeah. gave good depth. He was unlucky not to stay there. In the end, he, he, he went and got a gig at the, the dogs. But uh, wow, for a quiet guy, he's all of a sudden a headline. Yeah, and, and, and that's what's going to happen. Like all these players, like when I come out, no one spoke to the media. Mm. No player gave the media anything. These days... They all hear something coming out and the players do it. So it's all going to start backfiring because there's people like myself and Jimmy Graham that, that, that don't really like it. Mm. Like you, like your boss is your boss, your coach is your coach. I didn't like what Brian Smith said to me. I didn't like what Wayne Bennett said to me all the time, but they're your boss. I didn't like what Alan Langer said to me all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the media and go, Alan Langer wants to play with a different forward pack. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was thinking it occasionally. Yeah, because they were laughing. So does every other half back in the competition. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, do you know what? I, I, mate, good on Jimmy because his club's under the threat, right? He's the one, like, then they got him out here and he feels loyal to him and um, I love that. If someone's prepared to say something, you've got to be ready for the return of serve. This whole thing fascinates me with the dogs, Gordy, because we won't know the answer for 12 to 18 months about whether or not he's on the right track. Cameron Serrato with what he's doing. But recently, it wasn't that long ago, was it, Gordy, that up your way, Kevy Walters was in within a, a millimetre of getting the punt. Was he not? Mate, mate, so was, you know, Toddy Payton. Oh, mate, they're training too hard. Hmm. But they didn't because then they saw the results. Like, I put it in a house analogy. If the bloke across the road is building his house and he starts at 6 a.m. in the morning, finishes at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, is he going to – and he's good and he's got his team there, mm. same amount of people. Is he going to beat you if you start at eight and knock off at three? Mm. Of course he is, right? So if Penrith and those teams are working harder than you and they've got the same amount of ability, they're going to beat you. It's just common sense. So Cameron Serrato knows how hard Penrith work. Kevy knows how hard Melbourne Storm and those clubs that he's worked at. You know, Toddy Payton's been – they know how hard the other teams are working. Mm. So if you don't want to put in the same effort, how can you beat them? Probably not happening. You're not, right? So he's so he's gone, this is the standards that we need to get to. And then people are going, oh. But Melbourne Storm can get away with it because that's called the no dickhead policy. Mm. Craig Bellamy can get away with it. Wayne Bennett can get away with it. Wayne Bennett can train people as hard as he wants and no one says a word. Ever seen anyone say a word? Nothing. Nothing nothing squeaks out of there. Because Wayne will just just not pick that kid and when the managers come, he'll go, no, he doesn't have the work ethic for me and that kid's career is pretty much done. Yeah. 
So you got to work hard, right? You got to you got to be prepared, and that's Wayne Bennett's biggest gripe. Like you can't give in on yourself. You got to work really hard. Talent will take you so far, but your work ethic will take. And then that's what Craig Bellamy hangs his hat on: work ethic. He doesn't judge his players on talent. He judges them on the effort. I like what Seraldo's done. I just hope that people support him. Like, and I'm talking about the Bulldogs staff to say he's here for five years he's our coach we're going to give him every chance possible There's that's mon- what needs to happen in our game not the players get rid of the coach in two years or three years there's your Monday motivation thanks to Gordon Tallis Gordy that's it for footy talk have a good one mate catch you soon this show was impregnable <laughs> you're impregnable <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs>